coming out of the army where her unique skill set was in high demand, Dr. Michelle Fannensteel had a mountain to climb. The CEO of Dirigo Food Safety knew her veterinary training and regulatory expertise were valuable commodities, but her target market was reluctant and growth was slow. The game changer? Hiring a life coach. Suddenly, Michelle had the perfect complement to her core consulting competencies, a set of tools to transform the mindsets of the prospects and clients who needed her help. Are you looking for an extra boost of inspiration while you chase your dreams? It's not always easy to stay motivated while you're balancing a career and home life, but that's exactly what we're doing. My name is Dori Stewart, and this is the She Turned Entrepreneur Podcast. Around here, we like to talk about business, marketing, motherhood, and so much more. I've been called the teacher turned entrepreneur, which is totally true. I was working as a high school STEM teacher when I saw a need and came up with a solution. That idea became a business that I was able to build into a multi-million dollar global brand. Now I'm using the knowledge and experiences I've gained to show other women that they can do it too. Being an entrepreneur can be a lonely and intimidating road at times. Thankfully, you don't have to do this by yourself. It doesn't matter where you're currently at on the path. Having someone cheering you on makes a world of difference to get to the next step. I love that I can bring that to you here. If you're ready to build the life you've been dreaming of, stay tuned as we dig deep into what it takes to turn into a true entrepreneur. I am excited for you to meet my guest today. She is a veteran veterinarian turned business coach, food safety strategist, and CEO of Dirigo Food Safety. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. So let's start off by sharing with the listeners your background and how that led you to entrepreneurship. Sure. So my background is something called regulatory medicine. I went to the University of Georgia College of Vet Med and I graduated and I went into the Army. (laughs) The U.S. Army is the Department of Defense Executive Agent for Food Safety because an Army travels on its stomach and the veteran and like when you get foodborne illness, it's mostly stuff coming from animals. And veterinarians are experts in the ways that animals not only get sick, but the ways that we can get those diseases from animals. And so in, uh, in the U.S., anyway, and actually in a lot of other countries, the veterinarians are in charge of food inspection. And what ended up happening was I was posted to Fort Monmouth. So I served at Fort Monmouth and then the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. And I did food inspection all over the New York tri-state area. And I worked with everything from like the food trucks at Fort Hamilton, all the way to the M&M plant in Hackettstown, New Jersey, that put M&Ms in all of the uh, meals ready to eat, the MREs. Because this was, of course, during um, during the, where we were in Iraq and Afghanistan, and we had lots of troops being deployed. While all of that was going on, I was living, you know, I was like in the army active duty, but I was also living my life and I was having babies. I got married, had babies, and I was trying to feed my kids in Northern New Jersey. And I wanted, this was at the beginning of like the farm to table, like local food movement. And so we got ourselves into a CSA and I tried finding local meat and local dairy 
And I started talking to farmers and they were all flummoxed by food safety regulations. Well, enforcing, interpreting, understanding, and auditing food safety regulations was my day job. Like that's what I did. And I'm really good at it because I studied like regulatory medicine in, um, in, in vet school. And so they would, we would have these conversations that I'm like, well, you need to do this and you need to do this and you need to do this. Um, and my business actually started a couple of years later when we had decided to pick up and move to Maine to go homestead, you know, and do chickens and goats and, you know, that sort of stuff in the woods in Maine um, and, you know, kind of raise the kids that way. And I was at the Maine Ag Trade Show, which happens every January, and the largest organic cattle grower in Maine came up to me and he said, I hear you can write a food safety plan. And I said, sure can, because I was helping some other people do it, kind of like starting a business kind of thing. He's like, can I pay you to write my food safety plan and get me through USDA inspection? And I said, you sure can. <laughs> And that's literally how my business was born. My business was born and entrepreneurship was born in me because I was solving a problem for my community that like, like kind of directly benefited me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I had, um, I, I like stumbled into the entrepreneurship path because I got out of the, I got out of the army during the recession and nobody was hiring regulatory veterinarians. So we had all of these new food safety laws come in and then all of the regulatory medicine jobs, which were like either on the food side of the house or the drug side of the house, they all evaporated. Nobody was hiring us. And so if I wanted to put food on the table, pay back my loans, you know, I, I, I needed to work. And so I went out and I hustled up business because I have this like super unique skill set mm -hmm. where I know how to do farm to fork food safety. Interesting. So that's what I started doing because people were willing to pay me for it. <laughs> wow. So interesting. I, I love that you, you basically created a job for yourself and not only did you do that, but by starting a business, you had complete control over how much money you make now. So that's so smart. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm sure it wasn't easy. <laughs> no, no. No, but it's not either, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, so talk to me about that. What were some of the challenges that you faced as an entrepreneur? Because that's quite a career switch. Yeah, well, be becoming an entrepreneur out of getting out of the army, um, lots of, you know, there were lots of people coming out of the army at that point. I did a, I did a program at the University of Connecticut called Entrepreneurship Boot Camp for Veterans with Disabilities because I'm a service-connected veteran. And so that gave me a lot of, that gave me like a lot of fuel and a lot of basis for the skills that I needed to build that business. But really, truly, like the hardest thing about building my business was there's a lot of education involved. And when we talk about businesses make money, hobbies cost money, I spent at the beginning of my business a lot of time educating people about why they needed to follow the law. Okay. Because, you know, black market food is a thing people resent that. And, and that's the other part that was really hard is 
people resent the food safety regulation. There are a lot of people who think we, you know, like businesses will take care of it. We're not going to poison our customers. Zero percent of human history agrees with you. You know, <laughs> you yeah. know like yeah. we've all read the jungle, you know, and and snake oil salesmen and, and all of those sorts of things that businesses do not always do best by their customers. They do best by their bottom lines in many, many, many ways. And so people resent food laws and then they resent the auditing that they have to do to get into bigger companies because you know to get into distribution or to get on the shelves of Kroger or Costco or whatever meeting the food safety regulations the government sets out actually isn't enough you have to go get these really high level audits and they resent that too and trying to educate people out of their resentment is um, not a profitable activity. (laughs) I bet. Right? And so that was the highest hurdle. So I had to do like a ton of work on myself to not be in convincing energy for people to come work with me. And there are some people who are like, I got to be convinced. And I'm like, you are not my client. If you got to, if you got to be convinced that you got to follow the law, we're not working together because I don't have time for that. I love that you just said that. I mean, I bet that that mindset shift, I imagine was a turning point in your, your business. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't even take calls where people argue the law with me anymore. If you're going to argue with me that the FDA is requiring you to write a food safety plan, you're, I'm sorry, you're talking to the wrong person. Go talk to cooperative extension. There'll be, they'll, you, you can argue the law of cooperative extension all the live long day that your tax dollars at work, knock yourself out. <laughs> And I hope that the listeners right now are, are, are getting this because that transcends to all industries. If you have to convince someone, you know, to do something that you feel is right and meets the values in your business, then they're not your customer and, and you shouldn't waste your time with them. Absolutely. 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 Now there's some educating, sure, that people, mm-hmm. but, but being in convincing energy when you sell, nobody wants to be convinced. You know what I mean? You want to find clients that are like intellectually aligned and, and soul aligned with you. And, you know, for, I think a lot of people who work in, you know, in and around manufacturing or, or those sorts of things, like following the law kind of table stakes. <laughs> So interesting. So what does your business look like now? I'm sure it's changed quite a bit over the years. Yeah, it really, it really has. So I started out just writing all these food safety plans for people. And what would happen is, is I would like literally hand them binders and be like, all right, go run your business. And they would look at me and they'd be like, so now what, Dr. P? <laughs> I was like, go run the business. Like, there are your logs, go to work, write the things down, do your, you know, do all the things of food safety. And they just, they were flummoxed. They were completely flummoxed. And so what ended up happening as I figured out, you know, like this journey around convincing people and all that sort of stuff is I started life coaching, right? Like I got coached and I almost immediately figured out that this is the keys to the kingdom in manufacturing because the reason everybody knows what they're supposed to do, but the reason that they don't do it 
is because of things happening in between their ears. So, right, it is only things going on in our brains why we don't do what we said we were gonna do. And so this massive transformation in my business happened because I brought coaching into consulting, into food man in food manufacturers, thereby allowing them to open up their brains so they could do all the work, so that they could lead their teams to get the work done, so they could go out and sell and get into distribution and do a research and discovery process that actually made sense where they would like make a profit from the new <laughs> from the new products and things like that. And so what my business has morphed into is, is I have this beautiful membership site where it's a one-stop shop for both coaching and consulting, Interesting. right? Because it isn't enough for you to download the template food safety plans. You have to know how to use them because they're not, nobody's born knowing how to do this. And I'm really good at teaching it, mm-hmm. but you also have to overcome those mental hurdles of doing the right thing the right way every time you do it. And so for like one set price, people come into food safety university and they're there forever. And so they get all their technical questions answered, but then I'm still there for them as they're doing implementation. I love that you kind of married the two together and you're really in, in that coaching role now. That's, that's so smart. Congratulations on figuring that out. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, no, it was, and, and it's meant everything. It's meant everything to my business because now people know they get a sense of, you know, like I've moved from being in convincing energy to being in certainty, right? And that's what makes sales. You know, when we're certain, that's what sells our products, whether you're selling life insurance, real estate, coaching, or marketing, whatever it is, the certainty that I can help somebody mm-hmm. is what starts their transformation to yes. Wow. I, I think that's brilliant that you that you figured that out. And now that it's thriving is just fantastic. So do you have any tips for the listeners who are entrepreneurs and are, you know, kind of in that stuck stage of their business? Uh, any tips for success? Yeah, sure. I mean, everybody gets stuck in their business and just know that your, um, your best thing to do is ask yourself, if you are stuck, what is the next most profit generating step I can create? And then you go do that thing. So many people are waiting for confidence. They're waiting for motivation. Those things only appear in hindsight. I recognize my confidence in hindsight when I'm going and doing a, like, a, you know, like I get on a sales call and I'm going to, you know, coach somebody on a, on a sales call about a food safety plan. Like literally nobody else does this. And they don't, they think I'm going to like answer questions about USDA regulations. And I'm like, so how does that make you feel? Right. Like nobody feels good when they're out on the edge of making a profitable business. Stop assuming you have to feel good to go do profit-making actions because your, your actions, what you are doing are the leading indicator of how your business is doing. So I have, so figure out in your business, what are your leading indicators and your lagging indicators? 
Your bank account and sales are always 100% of the time a lagging indicator of how well your brain is functioning. My leading indicator of how well my brain is functioning and thus how well my business is functioning because the number one asset in my business is my brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, It's an asset as much as my money in the bank. It's actually more of an asset than the money in my bank. right? My leading indicator is Am I doing my journaling? Am I creating awareness of my thoughts, my feelings, my nervous system, and how the universe is here to support me? Am I balanced in all four of those areas, right? And aware of what I, what I am thinking and feeling and where my nervous system is, not always aware of how the divine is supporting us, but you know, if I'm aware of at least three of those, then I can center myself and make a clear decision around the next most profit generating step. And so if you are stuck, the way out of being stuck is making decisions. The faster you make decisions, the more money you will make. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I love that you say the next step, the next profit generating step, because I think that there are so many things that we do in business that keep us busy, but they're not necessarily profit generating. Right. And that's why, that's why I say that because you can, I promise everybody listening can probably go make another piece of content, but if that content does not lead to profit. Now we talk about putting money in the value bank. I totally understand all of that, but all your content needs to have an ask. Making an ask is a profit generating step. Being brave, putting out your brilliant ideas. We all have brilliant ideas and saying, want to work with me? Hit me up in the DMs, come to my website, get my, get my freebie, come to my webinar. Like you have to have an ask. It's not enough to generate content. And we keep ourselves super busy generating content. Yeah. And trying to, trying to make everything perfect. And I mean, there's so many things that can just, if it needs to be an A effort, don't worry, you'll find it out. And then you can take that one thing that needs to be an A effort and make that A effort. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is really good advice. Thank you for that. So if the uh, listeners are interested in learning more about you or want to work with you, where can they find you? So the two easiest places to find me are, I also run a podcast called Food Safety University, and we cover uh, leadership in food safety. We cover technical stuff in in food safety. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to find a podcast on how to run a recall, uh, except uh, Food Safety University. (laughs) And and then I cover, and then I do a lot of coaching. I do a lot of coaching on Food Safety University and these coaching concepts, kind of like what I've talked here. And then you can go find me and download what's called the 12 steps of HACCP. So HACCP is a kind of our cornerstone food safety planning process. I have a great handout for anybody who's either thinking about food or wants to grow their food business. And um, that freebie can be had at foodsafetyuniversity.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and sharing your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been super fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Michelle as much as I did. Here are my top takeaways. Number one, you never know where an entrepreneurial opportunity might show up. So put your skill set out there. Sometimes you have to invest upfront to educate your market and create the niche your business fills. Number two, 
If you have to convince a prospect that there is value in the service you provide, then they don't align with your values. Cut them loose. And number three, Michelle's business turned a corner when she sought out life coaching. If you want more, head on over to DoriStewart.com for the show notes and links mentioned in this episode. Are you looking for a group of female entrepreneurs like you to ask questions and bounce ideas? Be sure to join my exclusive community for She Turned Entrepreneur Insiders on Facebook. We could all use some extra support. You can find the link at DoriStewart.com. Thank you so much for listening to the She Turned Entrepreneur podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with a friend, or leave a review. I'll see you next week.